Morning, everyone. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting down today uh, because it's easier for our uh, media crew if I don't move around too much. And one of the easiest ways to do that is for me to park uh, on stage. I can still use my hands, so that's a good thing. Uh, there's only four pages of notes in front of me, which is a short sermon. Um, so hopefully, this will just be 20 minutes, and, um, and then you can get on with the rest of your day. Uh, we've shaped this one just for this week, because it's lockdown. Uh, just when we were starting to get back to normal, we're back in lockdown. What a pain for us. Uh, harder for some of us. Um, I go, oh, it's annoying, but then I speak to people who are looking after kids who are doing online learning, or uh, I've got um, trying to study at the same time and trying to help their kids do their online study, and um, they've got small children with anxiety or other uh, issues that way. So it's harder for some of us than others, isn't it, this lockdown space? So we, um, we uh, understand that it's difficult. We are praying for you, um, for all of us. And each of us is praying for each other, aren't we, through this space? Because uh, each household has got its own issues. Some of us are just on our own, and that's difficult enough, especially in lockdown. Uh, we're here for you as a church family. And as Dominic was praying then, um, I just want to emphasize this too. If you're alone and you're struggling, then please reach out. Uh, our staff are all still working. We're available to you uh, by phone, by email, um, even by video chat. Um, so feel free to reach out because we want to be here for you. We want to help each other through this lockdown period. Um, it is only one week, but one week can feel like a long time. So today, I thought we'd look at three simple and practical things that we can do to... to make the most of this lockdown week, things we can do for ourselves and for each other this week. The first, if you're ready, the first of these three things comes from the start of the letter James wrote, where he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> these are probably the first words penned in the New Testament. James is the earliest um, recorded writing probably in our New Testament. This is before the Gospels were written. Um, this is before um, any of the other letters that Paul wrote. Uh, James wrote this letter. He wrote it uh, just to the 12 tribes, the, the Jewish people, because when he wrote this, um, this movement, this Jesus-following movement was only a movement within Judaism, hadn't yet pushed out to the Gentiles. And so this is the first thought, if you like, that comes from, um, from our New Testament to anyone. And it's this, uh, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Uh, James, if you remember, was the half-brother of Jesus, Jesus' younger brother, the son of Joseph and Mary. And initially, James was skeptical about um, Jesus, as you would be if you found out your brother was supposed to be the Messiah. Uh, but eventually, James comes around and he becomes one of the really important figures in the early church. He's one of the pillars of the early church. And um, that's who's writing this, and he's writing to this fledgling movement, this new movement of Jesus followers, and his opening words almost are, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Um, and they had troubles of many kinds. They were being persecuted within the Judaism, they were being persecuted by the Romans too. Uh, they'd been scattered around uh, the place because of this persecution, uh, but still... He says, troubles of any kind. So uh, we're applying that to our lockdown, because lockdown is a trouble yeah, of some kind. 
my trouble for lockdown was that last Friday night and Saturday, both nights I had board game nights planned and I was really, really looking forward to it because um, I love that uh, space and we had to cancel both of them, which was tragic uh, for me. That's a minor trouble. Your trouble might be different than that. Uh, maybe your trouble is that you've got to help your kids uh, this week or your trouble is that you're that you're in isolation and you're alone and you hate that, or maybe your, your trouble uh, is that your work is really difficult or you don't have work when there's lockdown. Um, I don't know what your trouble is, but we've, we've all got trouble of um, some kind that qualifies here for what James is talking about as well. Imagine if your wedding was planned this week. That would be awful. There's lots of trouble uh, happening, and... Um, and it's relative a little bit. I was talking to someone this week who's of Indian descent and their mum is in India. And the trouble that they are in in India now is horrific. Um, just struggling to get um, vaccines. And even when they get them, they're not even sure if people haven't just drawn water out of the river and are selling it off as vaccines. And um, people dying and um, bodies literally in the water kind of scenario. It's horrible in parts, uh, other parts of the world. So trouble of any kind is relative, but still, any trouble we have is trouble of any kind. Um, so this lockdown qualifies. So anytime we go, um, ha, this is annoying, or ow, that hurts, or oh, this is going to be hard, that's trouble of any kind. And James says, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So why is trouble of any kind opportunity for great joy? Well, he tells us, verse 3, for when you... For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Uh, here James equates troubles with a test of faith. Troubles are a test of faith. So this difficulty, I mean, will assess the extent to which I trust God. So the, ha, ah, this is annoying, or the, ow, that hurts, or, oh, this is going to be hard. Um, this is a test for me of my faith, of whether I will or won't trust God in that space. Um, it's an opportunity to trust God. And when we do, our endurance has a chance to grow. Um, so let it grow. How? How do we do this? How do we trust God in the midst of trouble? And how does that help our endurance grow? Well, verse 5, if you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So here's the first help for us this week. Keep asking God for wisdom. Keep asking God for wisdom. Um, now, it's not um, wisdom like the wisdom of the seers and the ancients. You know, if you watch uh, Kung Fu Panda, this is not the ma Master Uguay's like, wow, I understand the cosmic secrets of the universe kind of wisdom. He's talking very, James is very practical. He's saying, um, when trouble comes your way, it's an opportunity for you to trust God. Um, if you need to know how, just ask God, because he'll give you wisdom in your trouble right now. For this practical thing you're faced with right now, God will give you wisdom now to deal with this trouble uh, now. So keep asking God for wisdom. Uh, view this lockdown as an opportunity to trust God, chance to go to him and get some wisdom. So if you're arguing with your sister um, and you think, ah, oh, I don't know what to do. This is so annoying. Um, what do you do? How do you trust God? Go and ask God for wisdom. 
How do I deal with my sister? What's the wisest thing I could do now um, for my sister? And God is generous, James says, and he will generously give you wisdom for this situation with your sister right now. You might not like what he says, but it'll be the wisest thing for you. Um, if you're struggling with your kids, if you're losing patience uh, with your children, you know, like, ah, this hurts, I don't know, this is, this is hard. Uh, what do you do? Keep asking God for wisdom because he'll give it to you generously. Make time to go and ask God for wisdom. Keep asking God for wisdom. Um, if you're on your own and, you, and you're thinking, oh, I'm just feeling antsy and agitated and, and whatever, and, and you're tempted to push into those ne- destructive habits that you have had in the past or that you struggle with, what do I do? Well, here's the first thing. Spend some time with God. Ask Him for wisdom. What can I do, God? Show me. Help me. Um, it's a good start. Keep asking God for wisdom. That's the first thing. Keep asking God for wisdom. The second thing, second practical help um, we want to focus on uh, is this. Love the people you're with. Uh, this is about the people in our household this week or in our bubble, the people that we have to spend time with or care for. Love the people you're with. Um, kids, listen up. This is about your brother and your sister and your mum and your dad and parents. This is about your, your spouse um, and, your, and your parents, if you're engaged with them or looking after them or in relationship with them and your children. Um, for other people, it's the, it's the people you do life with. It's the people that you will be in contact with this week. Love the people you're with. For this, we go to something the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5. It's only one sentence. Um, this is a cracker. If you don't normally memorize Scripture, um, I reckon you can remember this sentence. And it's one of the most important um, sentences, I think, in the New Testament. Um, and it's this. The only thing that counts is faith is expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Uh, in, the New Liv- in the New Living Translation, it says the most important thing is faith expressing itself through love. In the Greek, um, it just, well, Paul's talking about um, uh, the, any, something that has power to transform lives, to save our lives, to, to shift us, to, to move us to being uh, saved and more and more like Christ. And he says, um, he's talking about circumcision, and he says, circumcision or uncircumcision is powerless. It has no power. Uh, only faith expressing itself through love. So you know what counts for transformation in your household, in my household? Just this, faith expressing itself through love. Love the people you're with. Uh, do what's best for them. Be selfless and considerate of their needs. Um, I know they're annoying sometimes. That's the trouble that we're in. So keep asking God for wisdom and love the people you're with. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says this, If I don't have love, I have nothing. If I don't have love, I have nothing. If we lose love, we lose everything. And John says, actually, uh, if we don't love, then it shows that we don't know God because that's, because God is love. That consideration of other people's needs, that, that desire to put the other person's need first, that selflessness, um, that's who God is. That's who He is. 
So if we lose that, then we lose everything. So love the people you're with. This is who we're becoming. This sort of person, by the power of the Spirit of God, inside of transforming our desires, people who instinctively consider the needs of the people that we're with. No matter how annoying they are, um, no, matter how, no matter how much we just want to, whatever, to them, <coughs> that we would love them, that we would put their needs first, that we would consider what was helpful for them. Um, this is not to make us feel guilty, but empowered by the Spirit of God to love the people we're with. Uh, all the time, if we can. Um, and maybe also this week. Think of something extra you could do and I could do for the other people in our home that would help them feel loved and do it. Even if you just think of one thing today that you could do to, to consider the needs of the others in your home and do it and love them, um, that would be a beautiful thing for you to do. And if you can't think of what you might be able to do, well, go and ask God for wisdom. And he'll give it to you generously, and then you'll be able to love the people that you're with. So, uh, so far we've got um, keep asking God for wisdom, love the people you're with. The last point we want you to consider this week is this. Help someone outside your circle. Help someone outside your circle. For this we go to 1 John chapter 3, uh, where John says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Here we're talking about the needs that exist outside our bubble. So you think, this week, is there need outside your household? Outside your bubble... Is there need? You go, well, yes, there's so much need. The need is exhaustive, actually. Um, my neighbours, my life group, my extended family, my friend who lives alone, the other guy, so much need. And that's just the need uh, locally here. When you think globally, the need outside our household is massive. Um, I heard this week that the population uh, of Indians living in Australia have raised millions of dollars to help their country that's in need because there's so much need and aid agencies everywhere are crying out for resources to the need is overwhelming actually outside our bubble uh, can we meet every need um, and should we try to meet every need? well we can't it's too much it's exhaustive uh, should we meet a need well what do you think uh, this uh, in this text here, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no compassion on them, that has no pity on them or has no compassion on them, um, the very literal translation of that is, uh, is if anyone has resource and sees somebody in need of that resource and closes their heart to them. Did you catch that? If there's a need and my heart is closed to it, how can the love of God be in me if my heart closes when I see need? Um, there's a story, you've probably heard it before, I've probably told you before, of a, 
uh, like a, a kid on the beach and there's a big pile of starfish and they've all washed up in this big mound and they're all dying uh, for lack of water. And this child is just picking them up one by one and tossing them back into the ocean. And this guy comes over to him and says, kid, there's millions of these things. You know, what are you doing? Do you think you're going to make any difference? And then the kid picks up another one and he says, I better make a difference to this one. And he throws it in the water. And that's, that's the kind of heart that God moves in us. We can't meet all the need, but we must meet some. We can't stop. We can't close our heart to need outside our bubbles. If I have capacity to help and I see a need and I close my heart to it, then where's God? You know in that parable Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus? Uh, you can look it up later if you want to. It was just, it's, a, it's a parable Jesus told about this specific issue, actually. He said there was a rich guy and there was a poor guy that, that lived at his door. Now, in the story, the only thing the rich guy did was be rich, and the only thing the poor guy did was be poor. Uh, there's nothing in there about their character um, or their actions or their motives or anything like that. Just there was a rich guy and there was a poor guy. Um, and the poor guy goes to heaven and the rich guy doesn't. And... Um, and the only thing the rich guy did wrong in that story is nothing. The only thing he did wrong was nothing. Because he closed his heart to the need. And in the um, parable of the sheep and the goats, Jesus is addressing a similar issue uh, about this closing your heart to need. And he talks about the sheep and the goats and how at the end of time people are going to be separated according to what? According to whether we fed the hungry and gave water to the thirsty and clothes to the naked and we visited the sick and those in prison. Tough to visit anyone this week, so I'm not suggesting that you should go and do that. But the point is, there was need and you close your heart to it um, or you didn't. So the temptation in lockdown is to retract in to focus on me and mine, to hunker down, but all of us are aware of need around us. Friends who are isolated and lonely, people who are unwell or injured, family we haven't spoken to for ages, colleagues who hate lockdown. Um, just because we're in lockdown doesn't mean that we close our heart to those in need. We can't meet every need, but we must meet some. Um, by the power of God transforming us uh, to be able to reach out to those around us and if you go I don't know where would I even start well keep asking God for wisdom um, consider those that you know that are in need he will direct you to need um, and help you uh, and here's another suggestion get your household together that might be just you you can have a chat with yourself or it could be two of you or seven of you I don't know all get get your household together pray for wisdom and toss around some uh, suggestions of thought about how you might stretch yourselves to meet the need within COVID restrictions, all right? Don't break those. How you might stretch yourself to reach out to somebody, encourage them, get some resource to them, um, connect with them, converse with them. Like find a way for your household to be outside your bubble this week, meeting the need of other people. So make a plan and then do it. And please let me know how you went. 
Because these stories of God transforming us, chipping away at our selfish desires and shifting us towards the needs of others, they're what encourages everybody. So share those stories if you can of what happened for you as you looked outside your bubble to meet the needs of others. So there's some practical help for us all this week. Keep asking God for wisdom, love the people you're with, and help someone outside your circle. I hope that's helpful for you. I'm praying for us all. Um, Hopefully we can get back together next week. Remember that God is with you. This is the middle of our With You series. God is with you. That is, is, He is wanting this for you, that your heart would shift towards His priorities in this space. He wants to care for you, nurture you, hold you, affirm that you're his child and that he loves you and that you are held and safe with him and and that you are powerful enough to move in response to the needs of others. And I'm praying that you experience that from God um, this week. Uh, Remember that that you don't need the resource, you just need to trust him because he has the resource. The battle belongs to him. And we're going to close with this song, Uh, The Battle Belongs, because it's a helpful reminder to us of where our power um, lies, who our dependence is in, and where our victory rests as well. So uh, let me pray, and then we'll uh, sing together to finish. Father, I pray that you help us in this short lockdown period now to trust you, to keep asking you for wisdom, to love the people we're with, and to help people outside our circle as you move in our hearts. We offer ourselves to you again for these purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.